Okay, we're doing Megillah Daftalid. We're starting right from the bottom words of Gimel and base, right to the top of the Amid Alf. Amar Rabbi Shubh and Levi. And if you're noticing, we keep on quoting things from Rabbi and Levi, although they are on topic. It's not a total tangent. Um, it's a bunch of teachings from Rabbi and Levi regarding to Megillah. So the top of the Daud Amid Alf now. Lud Ono Gea Harashim, these cities, he's listing cities. Ashi says that all of these cities that he's listing are in Shevet Binyamin. So these cities, Lord Ono Gea Harashim, they have a wall around them from the times of Yeshua Ben Nun. And the relevance, therefore, is that they read the Megillah on the 15th. And uh, the Gemara is going to tell us in a second these cities were destroyed and then rebuilt. So the question basically is, we sometimes can lose track of the history. You look at the wall, the wall looks like it was built, you know, whatever it is, only 100 years ago. So you're looking at it, you're like, wait, is there no way that, that, that this city has a wall from the time of Yeshua Ben Nun? So we end up needing like a good tradition. That's what's interesting, you know, there's no, uh, it's very hard to, you know, to, to, to get the data here. So normally you would judge based upon the wall, but once we say this din, that once it had the wall, even if it was destroyed, but um, it, still, it still has the status of a walled city, that further complicates the matter. So that's why we need the center of, t- of tradition, and Rabbi Shubin Levi's statement is therefore very valuable to us. So the, the, he's listing off, Lud, Ono, and Geyach Harashim are all like that. So the Gemara, Vani Yeshua, and Enu, is it really true that Yeshua built these cities? Did they even exist in the times of Yeshua? Well, Al Pa'al Vaninu, someone Al Pa'al built them. The Sivit says in the Pasuk of Al Pa'al, the sons of Al Pa'al are Ever Misham, Mishamer, and who Bano's Ono, he built Ono and Lud and all of its surrounding cities. So it sounds like the Pasuk is saying it was built by someone Al Pa'al, so it didn't exist in the time of Yoshua. So what's going on? How could we say that the wall was there from Yoshua if the very cities themselves didn't exist? So now, the premise of the Gemara's question is that if a Pasuk says that somebody built a city, it means that it didn't exist until then, right? That's why the Gemara is saying if Al-Pa'al built the city, there's no way it even existed in the time of Yoshua. So the Gemara says, according to that premise, then, then I'll show you another person who built them. It says in a different Pasuk, Asa, Asa was a person who lived even Al-Pa'al, he built them. He built the fortified cities in Yehuda. Now this is actually... Uh, Kind of complicated because we don't really have an exact pasuk which says this. They mess. They, we deal with the pasuk a little bit, but what's interesting is that the pasuk isn't even listing this, but it listing these cities specifically. But Rashi says we assume that he's building the cities in the in the in Shevet Binyamin as well, like Lod Ono and and Ge'ah Harashim, because he ruled over them. So it seems like it's actually a really weak proof because the pasuk doesn't really even say that this person Asa is building these cities that we're referring to. But it's kind of like an assumption we're making from context. So, anyways. The point that we're getting to is that if you're asking a question from Alpal, so you should ask even a better question. You should ask from Asaf. He built them. So therefore, we have to explain. Omar, we clean up the we clean up the details here. The Bar says Omar Really, the cities were existing from the time of Yeshua, and the wall is there from from before, and exactly like Rabbi and Levi said. But what I why do we see that the, the cities are being built by different people by Alpal and by Asa? The answer is They were destroyed. In the story of Pelegash Begiva, remember that story? There was a civil war, Sheva Binyamin and others, everybody was upset at Sheva Binyamin. So in that civil war, in that bloodbath, they were, uh, the cities got destroyed. And then also Alpa came and rebuilt them. Hadar in the it fell again, the city got destroyed again. Also Asa came and he restores them. So basically, what I ended up saying is that when it says in a pot, like somebody builds or rebuilds a city, don't get so excited. It doesn't necessarily mean that they, they were, you know, the originator of the city, the person who first brought it. It's possible that traditionally we might know that something has a wall from the time of Yeshua Benun, even if there's a pasuk which indicates that um, 
even if there's a pasuk which indicates that somebody somebody else uh, built them later. Okay, great. Now the Gemara continues. Dekonami. We're even going to show this inference in the language of the pasuk that it wasn't that Asa is building it for the first time, but really he's just like kind of like refurbishing the city. It says he. Asa is saying to Shevin Yudah, let's build these cities. So let's build these cities implies there is a city and you're saying build it. So that's like a paradox. How can you build an existing city? Must be that you're just refurbishing it. You're just making it better. By calling them cities in the moment, you're just building a current city. It's, it's, it's mashma, you're not building something from scratch. It's not yesh me'ayin. It's not that you're first people, first um, settling the city now. We learn from here that the cities that Asa is building already existed. Asa is only restoring them. So we can go back to what we said from Yeshua and Levi, possibly that these cities are there. All right, now that we cleaned the, those details up, that was a little bit technical. We got some evidence about a few cities in Sheva ben Yamin that have walls around them. Now the Gemara continues with another statement from Yeshua ben Levi. Amar Yeshua ben Levi, Nashim chayevos b'mikra megillah. Nashim are obligated in mikra megillah. Women have to read, despite the fact that it's a Sesh, as my grandma. So you might have said, women are potter. Yeshua ben Levi says to the contrary, they're chayev. What is the reason? Shafin ha'yibos ones, they're included in the miracle. What does it mean they're included in the miracle? So we have a machlokas rishon in front of us. Some rishon and learn. That it means that the danger was, in, they were included in the danger. Haman wanted to kill them as well. So if they were included in the danger, then they're included in the salvation. If they're included in the salvation, they're included in the need to hear the Megillah as well. Other Rishonim learn that the woman was a hero of the story. That's what it means. Afinwaisones means that since the story, the miracle came about through Esther, she was the, the hero of the story. That's why, um, that's why they're obligated in the, in the mitzvah. Now we have a very, you said, this is the in front of us, whether that means that women are obligated to the same extent as men. So in other words, could a woman read the Megillah for a man? That's a machlokas Rishonim here in the Rishonim right here. In the Tosos and others, the Bahag. And the Shaila basically is, is that is often by Sarnas is saying that they're they're just dumb, they're in the midst of the same way the man is, or perhaps it's a bit more ancillary. It's not as as chayev. In other words, the men, for example, have to read the Megillah, and if you can't read the Megillah and you're listening, you're only yotze, because you're listening is tantamount to your reading. Perhaps a woman is only chayev to like to come and to hear, to be participating in the in the ceremony, to be part of the person manes, but they're not necessarily obligated in that same criteria to read the Megillah technically the way a man is, and a woman would not be able to read for a man. So that's a machlokas or him right here in front of us. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Shuvah and Levi, Purim Shachalios B'Shabes. If Purim falls on a Shabbos, so when, what happens? So we touched upon this in the Mishnah. Now we're now we're elaborating upon this that you don't read the Megillah on the day of Shabbos. So if you're not reading it, when you're going to read it earlier? When do you read it earlier? So is it Friday? Is it Thursday? We're going to see. It's a dispute. The Mishnah seemed to say that. Um, it, it, it might get complicated with the villagers and this and that. So we'll get into it on the Amun base. But anyways, you're not reading it on Shabbos. By the way, in our set calendar, it doesn't occur. But the 15th could still occur, right? If you live in Jerusalem, sometimes the 15th can fall on a Shabbos. Anyways, so if Purim is falling on a Shabbos, so the Megillah must be read earlier. You have to, be, you have to give Shi'urim on Shabbos about Purim. So meaning you have to t- teach publicly. You have to, you have to have like a whole public learning about Purim on the day of your Dalit. Despite the fact that you're not reading the Megillah, but there's still an Indian that on the day of Purim, on the day of your Dalit, of your Dalit, Adar, there should be public discussions about the laws of Purim. So the Gemara says, why is that a novelty? My area Purim. Why Shubham Levi is like making it sound like, oh, you should do it. Like, even though you're not reading the Megillah, but like really today's Purim, that's why you should speak about Purim. He makes it sound as if like, it's because you're sad, you're not reading the Megillah that day that you speak about Purim. It's not a din on Yontif. I Yontif Nami, every single Yontif applies to such a din. It's a very old, it's a very old establishment from Moshe Rabbeinu. 
You should always learn the laws of the holiday during the holiday. You're always supposed to. You're, it's part of the way that you celebrate the Yontif. And this is a very Yusaitistic thing. Part of the din of the Yontif itself is that there should be Shi'urim about the laws of that particular Yontif on that Yontif. So therefore, if Parm falls on a Shabbos and we're not commemorating it in any other way, of course there need to be Shi'urim on the topic of Parm. So very, very interesting thing. The Gemara is saying there's no novelty in Shulim Levi. There's an old Takon of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's Takon is that is part of the Yontif. That's part of the celebration of the day. Part of the celebration of the day is the focus intellectually on the laws and intricacies of the day. That's part of the Yontif. On Pesach, part of the din of the Yontif Part of Moshe Rabbeinu's Takana is that you celebrate Pesach by learning about Pesach. If that's true, then of course when it comes to a Purim, where I'm not going to be even able to read the Megillah on the Yantiv, of course there's going to be a din that you have to learn about the Hilchos of Purim. So the Gemara is bothered by what the novelty of Rabbi Shulman Levi is. So the Gemara says, Purim is Rikhle. It was a bigger Chiddush regarding Purim. Why? Because you have said, you would say that we should answer talking about Megillah and talking about Purim, because if you're going to talk about it, you might run into Rabbah's problem. Rabbah's problem, Rabbah tells us the reason why we don't read the Megillah on, 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 uh, on, on Shabbos. What's the reason? Rabbah tells us because not everybody might know how to read the Megillah, and somebody might carry his Megillah on the street to go to an expert to learn. So once Rabbah bans reading the Megillah on Shabbos because you might come to carry it, so I would say even if you're just having a lecture about Purim, that might also cause somebody to cause, bring their Megillah along. You know, think about it. Everybody, you know, having a big shear about Purim, everybody might bring their Megillah. Or maybe in, you could say it a little bit different. If we're having shiurim about Purim, somebody might go to read the Megillah on Purim. The point is, you might say that once Rabbah said it, we have this like extra sensitivity. Stay away from Purim. Pretend it's not Purim. Like maybe that was what Rabbah was saying. You know, pretend that the dollar is not really Purim because people might come to carry the second you do it. The Megillahs come out. So I would have said, even though generally there is a, an idea, a concept of Jin Sholin Vidarshan Binyan Shoyom, but I would say to stay away from that if Purim is Shabbos. Come Ashmalan, Rabbi Shuvan Levi therefore says that there's no prohibition. Very famous Ran. The Ran tells us here, the Ran is very bothered. You know, isn't there a different din that you have to prepare for you know, the laws of Pesach and the laws of Shuvas and the laws of Sukkot? It's actually the last Gemara in Megillah says that, that uh, there's such a Takana, right? Sholin, you have 30 days, two weeks before you start learning Pesach. What's going on? Here it sounds like the din is on Pesach. So most Rishonim learn there's two separate halachas. Meaning one is the preparation for the holiday. You're supposed to learn the halachas before. But then there's a new din. Part of the commemoration, part of the mikra kodesh, part of the celebration, the din of the Yontif, is that it dominates the halachic discussions. And that's an interesting, uh, interesting subtlety that there might be two dinim here in, in the halachas. You learn them before. And then, but on the Yontif itself, there's a din that the, the topics of discussion publicly should be about the Yontif. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Shuvah Levi, Chayv Adam Likros Esam Megillah Balayla L'Shnos Bayom. Says Rabbi Shuvah Levi. This is just to give a little bit of context. This is a very, very significant Gemara to me. The context that I think we need before the Gemara is that there's a Mishnah later that mentions the Chiyav to read the Megillah during the day. We know from the Megillah that there's an obligation to read the Megillah. We know that the Pasuk itself makes mention, that we have this idea that you have to remember the miracle, which means reference for reading late in the Megillah. But when do we lay in the Megillah? So we have a Mishnah later coming up in the Masechta, which is going to say we read the Megillah the whole day. So we know there's an obligation to read the Megillah during the day. There's nowhere ever in Atana or Brisa nothing which says that you have to read the Megillah at night. There's no remez to reading the Megillah at night. It doesn't, never says it. Never says such a thing. Comes along the Amora of Bishua ben Levi, and he says a person is obligated to read the Megillah at night and then repeat it during the day as well. 
So the novelty of Rabbi Shuban Levi is which way? That you have to read it during the day? No, that's not Rabbi Shuban Levi's Chiddush. Rabbi Shuban Levi's Chiddush is that even though you have to read it during the day, there's also an obligation to read it by night before, which means that by the time you get to the reading of the Megillah by day, you're just repeating it for the second time. And that's the way he speaks that way. A person has to read the Megillah by night and Lishnosa during the day. Where do we get the Chiyah for that? Shinamar? I call out by day and I don't feel like you're answering me. By night, I don't feel like there's anyone listening. I don't feel like there's anything going on. Now, what is this Pasuk? This Pasuk is in Tevehillim Parakhav Beis. And this whole capital, the Gemara tells us elsewhere as a reference to the Purim story. The famous Pasuk, Keli, Keli, Lama Azaftani. Esther said, the Gemara says, when she felt abandoned by the Ribbon Shalom, she lost her Ruach HaKodesh right when she went into Achashver. So that whole capital of base where this Pasuk comes from is a reference to the story of Purim. And in that Pasuk, it says, which is very interesting because it hardly sounds like you're reading the Megillah. It's like you're calling out by day and night. It doesn't sound like anyone's answering. But that's all part of the experience of reading the Megillah is putting yourself back into the miracle where they felt the darkness as well. It's all part of it. It's not just reading about the celebration. We read about the darkness as well. So you put yourself into that experience. You see in the Pasuk that there's a calling out by day and at night. So now when there's a chiv of insu- there's an institution to read the Megillah, we do it both by day and by night. Now the language that Rabbi Shobin Levi said was lishnosa. What does it mean lishnosa? So Savarine, the students thought that means you should read the Megillah at night. And then learn the Mishnayis. Go in depth. Don't lean the Megillah again during the day. You read it already by night. But you know what you should do during the day? Learn up the Mishnayis. Lishnosa, Milashan Mishnah, to elaborate, to, to elucidate on the Megillah, to learn the Mishnayas of Megillah during the day. That's not what it means. I heard from Abba that it means you say it again. I'll finish this parsha and then I'll repeat it. So, Isne, Lishnosa, can sometimes mean to repeat, like Shini. Right? Lishnosa. You see, you hear it in the roots. Okay? It has a duality of meaning. It could mean you learn the Mishnah or it could mean you repeat it. And we're saying, clarifying that it means you repeat the Megillah. Not that you lean, not that you learn up the Mishnahs, but that you repeat the leaning. You have to read the Megillah at night and repeat it during the day. Here we bring a different Pasuk. We bring a Pasuk from the from, from, from the from Deilim. Lamed, which is also a reference to the Perm story. was was said by Mordechai when he was on the horse. So how does the capital end? I'm going to sing and I'll never be silent. Right? I'm always thanking you. So it's a reference that we're saying that there's an extra That's by David. I'll never be quiet. That means you read the Megillah during the night as well. So what's so confusing from here is that what would you what would your takeaway be? So what's the Iker Kriyas Megillah when you after this? It's so hard to know. There was a Habamin in the Gemara that you only read it by night and you don't even read it during the day. The Gemara could have slugged that up. We know the Mishnah says you read it by day. We end up saying you repeat it during the day. If you don't know much, you might say that the conclusion of the Gemara is that, you know, day is just a repeat, you know, you... It's not the Iker, but Lamai said it seems like the evidence most Rishonim hold is to the contrary. The Iker Kriyas Megillah is by day. So if the Iker Kriyas Megillah is by day, what is the Inyan? Where Bishum and Levi is quoting, you know, these Pesukim, which are obviously not in context of the Iker Chiyav, the Remez. Is it an absolute Chiyav to read the Megillah? And I, let me just bring out the point. When you read the Megillah during the day, if let's say you have a Suffolk, if you heard every word, the post can say you have to go back. I Suffolk the Rabbanon Lakula. You can't say that by Megillah. Why? Because the Rabbanon, reading the Megillah is not an ordinary Durabanan. It's Medivir Kabbalah, it's from the Psukim in Tanakh. It's not an ordinary Durabanan. It's a higher standard. It's, it's called Divir Kabbalah. What would you say about reading the Megillah by night? If you had a Suffolk, you've read the Megillah by night. You have a Suffolk, you've heard every word. You have to go back. Is it also Divir Kabbalah? Or is it just like some random extra chiyuv that the Amoram invented in the time of Yeshua ben Levi? Should you make Shekhi 
If you make Shachianu by night, do you make it again during the day? How does that work? There's a lot of really interesting questions here to explore. The irony, the irony of course, is that most of Klai Yisrael shows up for Mikra Megillah by night, and by the day, who knows how it's like, hey, the population gets cut by half. Mikra Megillah by night is much more exciting. But Lamaisa, the Iker Chiyav, really seems like by day. The famous Nitziv is that the whole Nakuda is that you're preparing for, for it. It's like the first time you hear the story, you don't chop everything. You, although some of the details go, you know, they're underrated, underappreciated. By the time you get to the second time, you're into the story. You appreciate the story more. That's an asif spin on it. But there's many, many different perspectives here. You're showing them about the understanding the nature of the chi of a mikra megillah by night. Says the Gemara, what did we say? That the Chachamim, the Chachamim say, right, that the, the villagers read it by Yom HaKinisa. What's the Indian here? It's a Kula that the Chachamim were leaning for the villagers to read it on the previous Monday or Thursday. That they'll be open to providing food and drink for the people in the towns on Purim. So it sounds like the idea is we need people to bring in food for the Purim Suda. The people with the food are from the village and we need them not to be busy on Purim. How do we make sure they're not busy on Purim? We make sure they read the Megillah early so that they can supply the food and drink to the people in the big city. It sounds like the Takana is for the benefit of the cities so that the villages will bring in food for them on Purim. Frankly, it says in the Mishnah, if the 14th is a Monday, what do we say? Everybody reads on Monday. Why? Because it's a Monday anyway. The 14th of Monday, everybody reads on Monday. If the enactment is for the benefit of the city, that they need the villagers to be open to bring them the food, then even in that case, where Monday is a Thursday, we should say the villagers should read it the previous Thursday, which would be what date? What would that date be? If Purim is a Thursday, if Monday, if, I'm sorry, if Purim is a Monday, if the 14th is a Monday, what would the previous Thursday be? The 10th. We should say they should read on the 10th in order that they should be open on Monday. Says the Gemara, we don't do that. That would be the 10th of Adar. Remember, we learned in that base. There's no source for the 10th. We only have a source for two extra days, the 11th and the 12th. So we can't say that they could read it so early. Says the Gemara, what if the 14th of Adar was a, was a Thursday? Everybody reads on that day. The same question. If it's an enactment for the benefit of the big cities, not a leniency for the villages, but the opposite. At that corner for the big cities that the people should be, for the village should be open to bring them food. They they should read. If Perm is Thursday, they should read early. So they should read early on Monday. And what date would Monday be? The 11th, which is okay. That would be the 11th. So why don't we do that? It must be. It's not for the benefit of the big city. Says the Gemara, no. It's a din. We don't push off from one Monday to Thursday or from Thursday to Monday. Why not? No, the Gemara doesn't explain to us why there's such a din. We don't push off from one Yom HaKnisa to another Yom HaKnisa. So therefore, that's just impossible. It's unclear why there's such a rule. At any rate, um, the Gemara now continues. When is there a din that the villagers can read it early? Only if they generally come in on Monday and Thursday. So then we say that they read it early. If it's a place where generally they don't come in on Monday and Thursday, then they only read the Megillah on the right time, on the 14th of Adar. So it sounds like the whole thing is for the benefit of the villagers. If anyways they're coming in on Monday and Thursday, they read it early. If they're not anyways coming in, there's no reason to be lenient for them. So the kasha is, if it's true, if it's true, that the takana that they read it early is for the benefit of the big cities, not for the benefit of the villagers, but for the benefit of the big cities, that the people from the village should be free to give them food. Because they don't come in normally on Monday and Thursday, therefore the big city should lose out. Meaning, 
if the benefit that we're looking for is the benefit of the people living in the big town, that we need suppliers for them on Purim, then who cares whether the villagers are normally coming in on Monday or Thursday? We have to make sure that the people from the village are open on Purim. So therefore, there should always be a takana that the people from the villages should read early so that on Purim, they'll come in and bring food for the Purim so to the people in the big cities. So therefore, the Gemara has to change what Rabbi Hanina said. It's not a takana for the big cities. It's not so that they'll be free to supply the food and drink for the people for the Purim Suzah. It's not what the takana was. Ella Ema rather say, because they generally provide food and drink to the people in the big towns. Therefore, we give them a leniency. It's like a reward. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a reward because they've got our backs. The Chachamim see the value of the villager. The villager's value is that he's constantly bringing food to his brother in the big city. He always has his back. So because he's generally bringing food and drink to his brother in the big city, therefore the rabbis are always looking to make the life of the villager easier. So that's why we give them the leniency that they don't have to be bothered to make a special trip for to read the Megillah and Yadalit. They're allowed to read it when it's more convenient for them the Monday or Thursday before. So it's a reward for the villagers. So we've changed and amended the Takana completely. Originally we were saying it's, a, it's for the benefit, it's the enactment of the benefit of the cities. So that they'll have extra supplies on Purim, and we're answering that's a mistake. What really we meant to say is that since the villagers are generally supplying food and drink, we reward them by giving them more of a convenience in the time to read the Megillah. All right, here we go. What did the Mishnah say? The 14th is a Monday, then everybody reads that day. So here's just a little technical Gemara. It's very confusing. It's not very confusing, just it's one line in the Gemara. But basically, we started off the Mishnah saying that it could be read on the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, right? We started off with days of the month. But then when we get to the actual examples, what happens? We start working with the days of the week. It says, What's about the ratio that says the order of the day of the month? At the end of the part of the Mishnah, we talk about the days of the week. What did we say? The end of the Mishnah says, if it falls on a Monday, they read this day. If it falls on a Tuesday or falls on a Wednesday, it falls on a Thursday. Then what does the Mishnah say? They read on Monday, Tuesday, whatever, whatever day it says. It's, it, instead of talking about the day of the month, it talks about the day of the week. So our question is as follows. If the beginning of the Mishnah said the Megillah is read on day 11, day 12, day 13, and day 14, why wouldn't the end of the Mishnah follow that same symmetry? For example, let me just give one example to make it clear. Instead of saying if Purim is a Tuesday, then the villagers read on Monday. It should say, if the 14th is a Tuesday, then the villagers read on the 13th. Why did the Mishnah fall, run away from the day of the month and focus on the day of the week? Just like the beginning of the Mishnah said, it could be read on 11, 12, 13, and 14. So, so too now in the end of the Mishnah, in the illustrations, it should follow that. It should say, if the 14th is a Tuesday, then the villagers read on, don't say Monday, say read on the 13th. Why is the Mishnah abandoning the days of the month and suddenly sticking it only specific to the days of the week? Now, this is a question in style. We have no problem with the content of the Mishnah. What the Gemara is bothered by is the reason that the, why would the Tana in his style run away from the days of the month and focus on the day of the week? So the Gemara says, because it's confusing. Since at the end of the part of the Mishnah, we're going in reverse order, not because we do Yomay, so we go with the order of the day of the week. What do we mean it's in the, it's in the reverse order? We mean... You're going from Sunday to Shabbos to Friday. So it gets like confusing in the end of that, right? That's what we were talking about, like all those illustrations and the way that it's falling. Because you're saying, let's say if Purim falls on a Sunday, so now they read it on a Thursday. That's easier to say than to start saying if the 14th of August, then you read it going back, reverse, they read it on 11. It's confusing. 
I don't fully grasp what's so confusing about it, I'll be honest with you, but that's what the Gemara is saying. It's confusing to say when you're going in reverse order to work with the days of the month, it's easier to work with the days of the week. That's why the Tana said if the 14th falls, let's say, on a Sunday, the villagers will read it on Thursday. It didn't emphasize they read it on the 11th. Now, obviously, we can do that math ourselves. If the 14th is a Sunday, so I know that the Thursday is the 11th. You'll do that yourself. But in terms of what the style that the Tana's approach is using, it's easier for him to use the days of the week than the days of the month. Okay. Done with that. Says the Gemara, if the 14th is a Friday, if the 14th is a Friday, so the villages, well, now let's just get it clear. The 14th is a Friday. So the big towns are going to read it when? 14, the, the, the big towns are going to read it on Friday. One of the villages is going to read it the day before on Thursday. But what about the people in the big walled cities? When are they going to read? They can't read on Chavez. So they have to read also the town of the Mishnah said they read also on Friday. That's what the Mishnah said, correct? All right. So now, okay, just one more time because it get confusing. Let's just make sure that we know what the mission said before it gets confusing. If the 14th is a Friday, when does everybody read? The people in the villages read the day before on Thursday. The people in the unwalled cities and the people from the walled cities both read on Friday. That's what our Tana said. So I think who is our Mishnah, it could be either the Tana Rebbe or it could be the Tana Rebbe What do we mean? We're going to bring out that this case is actually a lot of dispute. My Rebbe, what price are Rebbe referring to? The Tana, look at this price. Here the price it says that the 14th is, is Friday. It says in this, in this price, uh, the villages and the large unwalled cities both read on Thursday. The walled cities read on Friday. So that's not like our Mishnah, right? Because it puts the unwalled cities on Thursday the 13th. We'll have to see why. Why did it do that? Why should they do it a day early? Rabbi Omer, like our Mishnah, Omer, and I say, there's no reason to push away the big unwalled cities from the regular spot of the 14th, which would be Friday. Both, both the unwalled cities and the walled cities should both read on Friday. So our Mishnah, which said that both the unwalled cities and walled cities would read on Friday, is going like Rabbi, not the Tanakama. The Tanakama, for some odd reason, is saying that the unwalled cities, in this case, would read on Thursday. So now the Gemara gets into the reason. My time at Tanakama. What is the Tanakama's reason? If, 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 if Friday is Purim, why is he saying that the unwalled cities are reading together with the villagers on the Thursday? The answer is, it says that we read the Megillah, what does the Pasuk say? Each and every year. What's the point of saying each and every year? That means that we try to apply the same laws every year. Now, what does that mean we apply the same laws? Each and every year, in a regular year. Always what happens is the unwalled cities precede the walled cities. In a regular year, you never have the people of the, of the unwalled cities reading on the same day as the walled cities. That's a strange thing. You always have the unwalled cities going first. So Afghan, so to this year, this year when the 14th is Friday, therefore the walled cities cannot read on their day of the 15th because it's Shabbos. And remember, they can't read after Shabbos. They're forced, therefore, to read on Friday. If the walled cities are going to read on Friday, we have to make the unwalled cities go before the walled cities. So even though that pushes off the unwalled cities from their right normal day of the 14th, we are compelled to do so. And so the Tanakhama says there's a din that the unwalled cities have to go first. So if there's a din that the unwalled cities have to go first, then when the 14th falls on Friday, we have to put the unwalled cities with the villagers on Thursday. And that's that's contradictory because it's also supposed to be the 14th. Good. So follow, follow through. Why don't we say each and every year it's bounded with a different, a, a different regularity? Your exact point. 
just as each and every year. There's no din that the unwalled cities don't read on the 14th. To the contrary, the, the unwalled cities read on the 14th. They read on the right day. So that maybe I should say the regularity is not that they should be before the walled cities. The regularity is that they read on the 14th. All the Pasuk says is, that we try to keep as much regularity as we can. So who says that the regularity is that they're before the walled cities? Maybe the regularity is that they're on the 14th. So the Gemara knows, it's impossible. So for some reason, what's the Gemara saying? There's a din that the unwalled cities precede the walled cities. There's no din that they're the 14th. They usually are the 14th. It seems like very arbitrary. The Tanakhama's perspective is, there's a din that they have to be before the walled cities. There's no absolute din that they have to be the 14th. Generally, it coincides. Generally, it's the 14th, and that's before the walled cities. But if I get to the one case where I can't have my both, I cannot have them reading on the 14th and also reading before the walled cities, then it's more important that they read before the walled cities than they read on the 14th. That's the Tanakhama's view. Now, Rebbe, my timer. Rebbe, what's Pshad and Rebbe? Remember, Rebbe holds like the Tana of our Mishnah. Then no, on that Friday, the 14th, both the walled and unwalled cities will both be reading on the 14th. What's Pshad and Rebbe? He expounds, You read the same way each and every year. So he comes from the opposite angle. He says, just as each and every year, the unwalled cities read on the 14th. So to now, when the 14th is a Friday, even though it's going to mean the unwalled cities and walled cities are reading on the same day, you don't push away the unwalled cities. The unwalled cities, there's a din that they're supposed to go on the regular spot. The unwalled cities have a din they should read on the 14th. So despite the fact that they're going to share that date with the walled cities, but there's a din that they're supposed to read on the 14th. Maybe we should say that the regularity is that they come before the walled cities. Just as each and every year the unwalled cities come precede the, the walled cities, maybe this year as well the unwalled cities have to precede the walled cities. So basically the Gemara is saying, why didn't Rebbe expound like the Tanakhama? Says the Gemara, because it's impossible. So, so what are we saying? We're saying he holds the Choshan of Shana is that there's a din that they're supposed to be on the right day. There's no din that they're supposed to precede the walled cities. It usually, is the same, it usually works out that way. The din is they read on the 14th and it ends up being before the walled cities. In this case, where Friday, where Friday is the 14th, we can't have a way to have both for them to read on the 14th and for them to precede the walled cities. Says the Rebbe, there's a din they read on the 14th. There's no din that they come before the walled cities. So what ends up being the dispute between the Tanakama and, and, and Rebbe? The facts are the dispute when Perm is the 14th. When do the unwalled cities read? According to Rebbe and the Tana of our Mishnah, they read, on the four, they read on the 14th on Friday, sharing the date with the walled cities. According to the Tanakama, they read on Thursday, preceding the walled cities. What's really the question? The question really boils, boils down to what part is regular, normal, and what part is the din? It seems that Rebbe is more concerned with the walled cities reading on the 14th Tanakama is more concerned with the unwalled cities reading before the walled cities. That's what it seems to boil down to. Okay, so the town of our Mishnah could be Rebbe. Now, we mentioned that it could also be another name. It could also be Rebiosi. So what's this Rebiosi? My Rebiosi, what's this Rebiosi? So now, keep your hats on here. It's going to get confusing. Titania, we're bringing another price. Chalios, Barav Shabbos. Again, the same case. Perm is a Friday. 14th is a Friday. So again, obviously the walled cities cannot read on... Shabbos. Even though they normally read on the 15th, they can't. Look at the Tanakhama. Here, the villagers read on Thursday together with the walled cities. The Tanakhama is saying here a third view. That the walled cities who are not reading on the regular day of the 15th should read when? On Thursday, the 13th. 
And the large unwalled cities will read on Friday. What in the world is the pshat in that? Right? Why would the unwalled, Why would the walled cities be going on the fifth on the thirteenth um, uh, before the unwalled cities? We'll have to see. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, no, in, in Bukov and Koban Layaris, you cannot have a walled city reading before the unwalled town. So that's unacceptable. So it cannot be. Rather, both the unwalled cities and the walled cities read on Friday. So before we even get into the reason, so our Mishnah, which says that both the unwalled and walled cities are reading on Friday, could be like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi say the same thing. Just the person that they're arguing on is saying something else. The Tanakama fighting Rabbi Yossi is suggesting that when Purim, the 14th, is a Friday, then the walled cities should actually be reading on Thursday. Zakumar, my time is on Tanakama. What's up with that? Why would the Tanakama be saying that the walled cities should be reading on Thursday? Zakumar, the same Chosh Hanavashana, it says that you read the Megillah the same way every year. Normally, what happens? Normally, what happens is the unwalled cities read on the 14th, and normally, the walled cities and the unwalled cities don't read the Megillah on the same day. Afghan, so too here. I wrote to our boss, right? You should have the unwalled cities reading on the 14th on Friday. You shouldn't have the walled cities sharing the same day as the, as the unwalled cities. So therefore, that compels us to put the walled cities on Thursday because they don't share the same day as the unwalled cities. And the unwalled cities go on the 14th. So, and I can't have them reading on the 15th because of Shabbos. So what do I do? I've got to put them on Thursday. Maybe look at the regularity different. Just as each and every year, you never have the walled cities going before the unwalled cities. So to here, when Friday is the 14th, walled cities don't become before unwalled cities. So how could the Tanakhama put the walled cities first? It's not possible. So basically what the Gemara is saying is there's no din that the walled cities are supposed to come after the unwalled cities. And to the contrary, we're totally comfortable, if necessary, putting the walled cities before the, wall, before the unwalled cities. The one thing that is a din is, it's not the same day, and that the unwalled cities are the 14th. That's the din. Normally, it happens to be that it, that precedes the walled cities. But if need be, in this anomalous situation where it's Friday the 14th, then we'll actually end up with the walled cities going first. We're totally fine with that. That's the Tanakhama's view. My time at the Reb Yossi. What's Reb Yossi's rationale? Reb Yossi again says, like the town of our Mishnah, that both the walled and unwalled cities read on Friday the 14th. The Choshan of the Pasuk says, each and every year it should be the same thing. He makes like a din out of it. There's a din that the walled cities can't go before the wall, unwalled cities. You can't have that. There's a din in the fact that the walled cities aren't before the unwalled cities. I've gotten couples going with our eyes. You can't have the walled cities going on Thursday ahead of them. So basically, that forces us with the only option of them reading on the same day. Normally, you don't have them reading on the same day. So maybe you can't have them reading both on the same day on Friday. It's not possible. So basically, what are we saying? We're saying that the Rabbi Yossi makes a din out of the fact that the walled cities can't go first. So if there's a din that the walled cities can't go first, we're compelled for them to read on the same day. So let me make a summary of the three opinions. I know this was a little tricky Gemara. It's actually quite simple. It's just confusing when you learn all of it together. The simplicity is, in the anomaly where you have Friday the 14th. So one thing is clear, the villagers are gonna be on Thursday. That's the one thing which is absolutely sure, certain. Beyond that, it's nothing certain at all, okay? What are the three different opinions about what's going on? The time of our Mishnah says that the both the unwalled and walled cities both read on Friday. That is the opinion of Rebbe and Rebbe Yossi. 
Then we have two separate Tanakamas who are suggesting two different ideas. One view, the Tanakama of Rebbe's Brisa holds that the large unwalled cities should also read on Thursday and the walled cities should read on Friday in order to make sure that the unwalled cities precede the walled cities. And the other possibility is the opposite. The Tanakama and Rebbe Yossi's Brisa, who said that the walled cities should read on Thursday and the unwalled cities should read on Friday. So those are the three different opinions that we have. Says the Gemara, what did we say before in the Brisa? Rebbe said that the unwalled downs, that Rebbe, what did we say with them? That they both read on Friday. So now the Gemara says, what's going on? For some Rebbe, Rebbe says that, that, that in this case where Friday is the 14th, the unwalled the large cities are reading on Friday. Vatanya, look at another Brisa. It says in this Brisa, Chalios, but Shabbos, the 14th of Adar is Shabbos. 14th of Adar is Shabbos in this case. So what do we say? The villages read it on Thursday, the 12th, the large unwalled towns read on Friday, meaning they can't read on Shabbos because you don't read the Megillah on Shabbos, right? So when do they read? The Tanakhama says, okay, so they read on Arab Shabbos. And the walled cities read on Sunday, the 15th. Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, Omer and I say, once anyways, the unwalled towns are not reading on the 14th because the 14th is Shabbos. So then push them anyways to when the villagers are reading on Thursday. So what's the Gemara's question? Over there, I saw, I see that Rebbe says that when the villagers are not, uh, that, the villi- that the villagers are reading on Thursday, let the unwalled cities read with them on Thursday as well. Not read on Friday, read on Thursday. How come in our case where, where Purim was a Friday, Rebbe is saying that the unwalled cities read on Friday. Now, why is it such a bad comparison? It's a horrible comparison. Why? Because in our case that we're focusing on now, Purim is Shabbos. So the unwalled cities are not reading on their right day. Rebbe is saying, once they're not reading on their right day, why make them read early on, on Friday? Eh, push them to Thursday anyway. That's not a good comparison to our previous case. Our previous case, Purim, was a Friday. So why, Rebbe was making the point, why should the unwalled cities not read on their right day? That's the Gemara's answer. What kind of comparison is that? Awesome. Zmanam Shabbos. In the second scenario, the 14th, the right time is Shabbos. So the point Rebbe is saying is once they're pushed away from their right time, and anyways, they're not reading on the 14th, then push them to Thursday. In the first case that we're talking about, the 14th is Friday. So that's why Rebbe is saying that they're not pushed to Thursday. Says the Gemara, Kaman Azal, the Rebbe Chabal, Amravuna. Who does the following statement from Rebbe go like? What did Rebbe Chabal say? Perm Shachalios Shabbos. If Perm falls on Shabbos, how can we talk on the Maknisa? Everybody is pushed to Thursday. So first of all, the Gemara says, what do you mean everybody's pushed to Thursday? Can that possibly true that everyone in the world is going to read on Thursday? For sure, the walled cities are reading tomorrow on Sunday. Certainly the walled cities will read on Sunday. I can't be that everybody is pushed to Thursday. Ella, we explain what he means is, whoever has to be shifted, meaning anyone from a city without a wall, is pushed to Thursday. So in other words, instead of having the people from the unwalled cities read early on Friday, we say once they're pushed away from their right time, we push up to Thursday. Come on, who is that going like the Rebbe? It's going like Rebbe. Tanakama said they read on Friday. Rebbe would say they read on Thursday. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. In our calendar, it does not happen. Says the Gemara, the one thing that we pick up from this whole discussion is that you don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. My time and what is the reason? Amar Rabbah. We quoted him before, but now we actually quote him inside. But not everybody necessarily knows how to read the Megillah. So we're concerned. You might 
carry the Megillah in your hands. Go to a bucket to learn how to read the Megillah. You'll end up carrying it for Amos in the street. This is the reason why we don't take the Lulav when Sukkot is Shabbos and why we don't um, blow the shofar when Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. Says the Gemara, second reason why we don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. Rav Yosef Amar, Poor people put their eyes on Mikra Megillah. All the poor people love Matanus Avionim. And Matanus Avionim normally are given out when the Megillah is read. There's an association between the Megillah and Matanus Avionim. So therefore, since you can't give out the gifts on Shabbos, obviously you can't give it out on Shabbos. You can't have money. So if you don't have the money, you can't be dealing with Matanus Avionim on Shabbos. So the Rabbanan therefore don't want to let down the poor people. So they shifted the Megillah reading to another day of the week. A fascinating svar. Because the poor people are going to like be let down by it. So they shift it to another day of the week. Even though we said the villagers read it early in we always collect the gifts from the poor on, on, uh, on, on that same day of the Yom HaKnisah. And we distribute it that, that, on that day. So the language of the bride says a little bit weird. The language of the bride says, even though they read it early, we do Matanus Yonim on that day. Meaning on the day they read it early. So the Gemara says, My It's not even though they said, it's because they said. So the Gemara amends the language. Since they're reading it early, therefore, even though it's not the right day of Purim, always are go with the day that Megillah is read. Because they always have that expectation that they're going to get their gifts on the day the Megillah is read. So even though it's not really Purim, and you would have said it's just a kulam when you read the Megillah, but what does it have to do with no, we say Matanus Avionim always goes together with Maker Megillah. Avo, the Gemara says, however, Simcha the mitzvah from Simcha, the mitzvah to celebrate Purim, there it is always done when? On the 14th. So it sounds like the Simcha Siyantif, the idea of having the Purim Suda, that should always be when? On the 14th. Pashas is often a Gemara. So if you'd have, let's say, very again, Yerushalayim, where the 15th can fall on Chavez, it would seem that the Purim Suda is when? Shabbos. That's what it would seem like from our Gemara. That the Purim Suda is always going to be Bismana. It's different. So your Shalmi seems to say otherwise, a whole hack on what they do. That's why you get the Purim Mishulish. Maybe we'll talk about it another time. Shkoyach.